Chuck Feeney, The Billionaire Who Wasn't, read by Miriam Dardis. Conor O'Cleary remembers the Irish-American philanthropist who gave away more than $8 billion in his lifetime to education, healthcare, ageing and civil society. When my biography of Chuck Feeney, The Billionaire Who Wasn't, was published in 2006, Bertie Ahern agreed to launch it in the Usher Library in Trinity. The then Taoiseach joked that he had a personal reason to honour the Irish-American philanthropist. Ten years earlier, he had been strong-armed by Chuck to jointly fund major educational initiative in Ireland, but he got all the credit from grateful academics because Feeney insisted on remaining anonymous. The publication of the biography then meant that Chuck's anonymity was fully blown. Several people at the launch expressed astonishment that he had allowed this to happen and asked me how he had come to agree. The process began four years earlier in New York where I was based for the Irish Times. A friend had introduced me to Chuck Feeney. I was told he was a wealthy businessman but he didn't act like one. He wore a cheap plastic watch and off-the-peg clothes and walked everywhere rather than ride in a limousine. He began inviting me to lunch, never in a fancy Manhattan restaurant, but in PJ Clark's Irish Bar on 3rd Avenue, where it was always chicken hot pot and a glass of cheap white wine. I reckoned he liked to keep informed about Irish and American politics and sought my company because I could bring him up to date on both counts. Later, I came to realise something else was going on. Over time, he disclosed to me that he had made a fortune in the duty-free business and had become a major seeker philanthropist. I asked would he give me a formal interview. To my surprise, he agreed. As we sat down with a tape recorder, I inquired if he always wore a cheap watch. He pulled up a sleeve to reveal a $15 plastic Casio. I have a spare, I'll sell it to you, he quipped. I couldn't afford it, I replied. Sometime after the interview appeared, I suggested writing his biography, a big ask for a man who was naturally shy and modest. He demurred. Eventually, I suggested I would fax him a formal proposal. He never used email. He promised to respond at our next lunch. I wrote in the fax I would find a publisher to finance the book, but in return he would have to release all benefactories from their vows of secrecy, let me travel with him on his philanthropic excursions around the world, and give me access to his family, his private correspondence, and official papers. He would have no control over the final text. I waited for his response. He called me to meet again for lunch. He never mentioned the proposal. That's it, I thought. But as we parted on 3rd Avenue, I asked, do you want more time to think about that other thing? No, he said, let's do it. Only much later did I guess that Chuck had been doing due diligence on me all along. He was seeking an order to write his story as a way of conveying his unique model of giving to the world. Apparently I would do but it was not in Chuck's nature to ask straight out. He waited until I got the message. So we did it, though it was difficult finding a publisher as no one in New York world had heard of Chuck Feeney, or worse still, of me. Chuck was as good as his word, or his three words. He asked his family, friends, business associates, and benefactories to cooperate. They spoke freely and enthusiastically about Chuck, many with a fondness bordering on love. The hardest person to write was Chuck himself. He did not have the gift of introspection. Typically, if I asked why he was giving it all away, he would reply simply, it was the right thing to do. I concluded that all his instincts instilled in him by the example of his parents, the sharing culture of blue collar New Jersey, his desire to stay close to his boyhood friends and his ornate kindness and concern for others shaped his decision. At first, Chuck had lived a jet set life, but the more riches he accumulated, the more uncomfortable he became with the trappings of wealth. He got rid of his tuxedos and began travelling economy class and embraced frugality and modesty. He took to heart the advice given to Rockefeller that if he did not distribute his wealth in his lifetime, it would roll up and destroy him and his family. This resonated with Chuck, who had five children and was concerned money would spoil them. He began his philanthropy in the 1980s by setting up a foundation to which he quietly transferred all his wealth. 
From then on, Chuck devoted himself to giving, while continuing to run the business empire. The whole thing was kept secret. Not even his business partners knew. In Ireland, he pretended for years to be a frontman for a group of rich, concerned Americans. As the wealth of the foundation soared through shrewd investments, Chuck and the directors took a momentous decision they would give everything away. As he liked to say, there are no pockets in a shroud. He became passionate about promoting the cause of giving while living, hence the book. He wished to promote his template, unique in its combination of size, freedom of action, speed of decisions, flexibility and global impact. The industrialist Andrew Knergel once said, he who dies rich dies disgraced. I wanted to put that on the fly page of his biography, but Chuck said, it's up to them what they do with their money, but they should try giving it away. It's fun. After his billions were dispersed, Chuck spent his final years as a pensioner, living modestly in a two-bedroom apartment in San Francisco with his wife Helga. He died on 9th of October, not rich, but honoured and respected throughout the world. Chuck Feeney was the most generous benefactor to Trinity in the university's history. Starting in 1994 with the gift that established Trinity Foundation, up until 2015 with the launch of the Global Brain Health Institute to tackle dementia worldwide, Chuck Feeney supported the university in all facets with gifts for research programs, academic posts, research institutes, student accommodation, the sports centre, the Usher Library and the Trinity Centre for People with Intellectual Disabilities. To walk around campus or to review Trinity research, particularly into ageing and dementia, is to be reminded again and again of the extraordinary impact of Chuck Feeney and his philosophy of giving while living.